You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Hacking Humans podcast, an occasional show we call Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies. I'm Dave Bittner, and joining me is my CyberWire colleague, Rick Howard. Hey, Rick. Hey, Dave. Happy holidays. To you as well. On this show, Rick and I look at some of our favorite clips from cinema and television, clips which demonstrate some of the scams and schemes that Joe Kerrigan and I talk about on Hacking Humans. We've got some fun clips to share, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message from our show sponsor. Well, Rick, uh, as you pointed out at the outset, uh, the holiday season is upon us here. It is. And I have to start out by asking, where the heck did this year go? <laughs> do, you, are, do you concur? I concur. The clock is winding faster and faster as we get older, Dave, and uh, I don't know how yeah. to handle it. Yep. No, that's true. <laughs> it absolutely does. Uh, so as you and I record this, it is uh, oh about mid mid December or so, and mm-hmm. the the I, <laughs> I'd say the holidays are bearing down on us. Yeah, uh, uh, we I feel like we, we're not ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we just re- in my house we celebrate uh, both holidays of Hanukkah and Christmas. So we just wrapped up Hanukkah, and now we're gearing up for Christmas. We'll be decorating the Christmas tree uh, this coming weekend. So. Uh, you and I put our heads together, and we thought of uh, what better scammer con artist out there than <laughs> The Grinch. Yes, <laughs> The Grinch. It is a family movie, okay? All of them. The cartoon, the movie, we watch them yeah. every year. How about you guys? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the book as well. And the book, of course. Big yeah. Dr. Seuss fan. I'm curious, um, did you do much reading of Dr. Seuss books to your kids when they were coming up? I think that if you if you put me on the spot, I could absolutely uh, say out loud from memory, um, "Oh, the places you go!" Right? Okay. The, one of the, all right, and because I must have read that a bazillion times to my kids when they were young, yeah. and so yeah, so that's a great uh, Dr. Seuss classic at the Howard House. Yeah, the ones that were in heavy rotation at our house were the Cat in the Hat, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Lorax. The Laura um, and Green Eggs and Ham, uh-huh. uh, and one fish, and, uh, two fish made a yeah. few appearances. Yeah, occasionally, um, my son, my youngest son, would ask for the Cat in the Hat comes back. Oh, which, yeah. uh, like most sequels, is not as good as the original, but. Uh, <laughs> But and he was a connoisseur actually, and well, a completist. <laughs> I didn't like it because it was hard to read. It was actually oh, yeah, yeah. like the the other ones um, really flow and they're fun to read, especially, yeah. you know, like the Lorax and uh, Cat in the Hat. You know, they're just fun. But um, Cat in the Hat comes back as a little more challenging and... Not not as compelling a story, but you know these are these are nits that I'm picking. They're all they're all great. It's hard to go wrong with Dr. Seuss. So let's dig into the Grinch here. Um, and, and by maybe, the way, Dave, our my nick our nickname for this movie is uh, Ocean's Eleven on Ice. All right, because that's what this is. <laughs> if the Grinch isn't anything, it's a heist movie. All right, so okay. <laughs> let's keep that straight. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and for those of us who uh, grew up and were watching TV during the 70s, I guess in particular, 
we learn that everything's better on ice. You know, if, absolutely. <laughs> if Donnie and Marie are good, then Donnie and Marie on ice is even better. Makes the, it even if, better. If the Brady yeah. Bunch is good, then Brady Bunch <laughs> on ice even better. <laughs> so let's dig into some of the history here of the Grinch. Rick, how familiar are you with uh, the backstory here of uh, the Grinch himself? Well, the Grinch maybe not so much, but how they made the cartoon. Okay, I, I'm a big fan of the guy that behind, you know, the creative genius behind it. His name is Chuck Jones. He's the oh, yeah. visionary animator, right? And since you already mentioned it, Dave, we used to watch a lot of cartoons in our day, okay? And right. uh, Chuck Jones is best known for the Warner Brothers um, and the iconic Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons with characters mm-hmm. like... Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Wile E. Coyote and yeah. Marvin the Martian. And Dave, do you want to hear my Marvin the Martian impersonation? You ready? Do I have a choice? No. I've, I've, <laughs> been, I've, been, I've been rehearsing. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Ooh, you make me very angry. Okay, that oh, is my, right. my one talent that That's I have. solid. That's <laughs> solid. All right, I'll give you points for that. That's a solid Marvin the Martian. Sure. And the other thing I loved about this, uh, the cartoon part, is the narrator is the classic character actor Boris Karloff, right? And, right. You know, and you know he appeared. I was looking up his IMDb page, two hundred and six movies and TV programs from huh. nineteen nineteen to nineteen seventy one. Oh, that is a prolific actor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean he predated the talkies? Nineteen nineteen? Was he in silent films? He mu- yeah, had to be in silent yeah. films, right? So huh. but everybody knows him, okay, from the famous monster movie, uh nineteen the nineteen thirty one movie Frankenstein, right? And right. he also played the mummy and he reprised his role in The Bride of Frankenstein, right? But you know, uh, he's just this guy that I didn't really know until after I watched the cartoon, and then I figured out he was one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, looking at the history of the Grinch himself, I did a little bit of digging here, and sure. um, Brian J. Jones uh, literally wrote the book on Dr. Seuss, uh, Theodore Geisel. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian J. Jones is a biographer. Uh, he wrote uh, the great biography on Jim Henson, which, of course, I devoured. Oh, sure, yeah. He wrote a biography on George Lucas as well, and a book on Washington Irving. And... Um, I've actually had the pleasure back when Twitter was a thing of uh, having a little bit of a friendly relationship with um, Brian J. Jones, just mostly oh, through his how uh, nice Jim is Henson that? stuff. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, it really was nice. Uh, just, just a delightful guy. Um, as you might imagine, if you are a biographer, all sorts of people come out of the woodwork. Uh, or, or let, let me. How do I say this? You find yourself correcting a lot of people online who <laughs> who say things, you know, about the the folks that you've written books about, uh, and they will often respond to you as a biographer, not knowing you're a biographer, and say, "Well, who the heck are you?" Uh-huh. And then you send them a link to the book that you yeah. wrote. About you can the say, "I literally, <laughs> literally wrote the book on this guy." Right. Yeah. So Brian has <laughs> suffered through a lot of that. But uh, I was looking at his book on on Dr. Seuss, and and he actually wrote up a little uh, little thing about the Grinch, and he said, uh, he said, "Quick uh, Christmas pop quiz on the Grinch." What color is the Grinch in Dr. Seuss's 1957 classic, oh. How the Grinch Stole Christmas? See, I I'm, I bet I'm wrong on this because in the cartoon he's green, but I bet he's some other color, like gray or something. What is mm-hmm. it? Well, uh, well, let's go through the history of the Grinch. So uh-huh. 
The word Grinch first shows up in a book in 1953, which was, was a book called Scrambled Eggs Super. And the <laughs> okay. Grinch was a bird uh, who had had its eggs pilfered. And it was called the Beagle-Beaked Bald-Headed Grinch. <laughs> and that was the first time he used the word. But the character that we know as the Grinch first showed up, or, or at least a character that led to the Grinch that we all know and love, was in a 1955 issue of Red Book Magazine. Hmm. And it was, a, it was a poem titled The Hubub and the Grinch. Okay. And... The what Grinch. is this? What is this magazine thing that you mentioned? <laughs> well, before there were iPods or iPads, I should say, there were these things printed on paper. Paper? Uh, kidding yeah. me? Yeah, no. I saw a thing. I said to a to a toddler, uh, a magazine is just a broken iPad. <laughs> Uh, have you seen videos of toddlers like trying to trying to stretch yeah. and zoom pictures and you know t double tap a magazine? That's a real yeah, thing. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so this uh, Jones describes this Grinch as a cat-like snake oil salesman, which fits our okay. show perfectly. Uh, yeah. And he was trying to sell a short length of string to a sunbathing hubub who has no use for it but he convinces mm -hmm. the hubub to buy the string. And so eventually, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas uh, was kind of a, a continuing story of this Grinch character. But of I course, that's where he became that. famous. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did not. I just thought he just manifested, you know, in full at the top of uh, Mount Crumpet or whatever right. it is. <laughs> right. But no, also, he has a real backstory. I learned, <laughs> no, I learned in this article that the Grinch also was originally published in... Uh, the December 1957 issue of Red Book, the mm -hmm. magazine, before it was printed as a book. Huh. Um, it came out in this magazine, and the Grinch, you were right, the Grinch was gray. He was not gray. Green. I guess yeah. it, yeah. And he's huh. gray in the book as well. He's, he's, not, um, he's not green until the Chuck Jones animated series. Huh. And then he's green, and evidently uh, Chuck Jones and Dr. Seuss, uh, Geisel, met many times over the development of this, and they both agreed that green was the appropriate color for you the Grinch. have a, a color to pop off the screen, I guess. Well, I mean, think about this. What was it, 1966, when that show came out, and mm -hmm. what was the new thing that all the networks wanted oh, to promote? That's right, color TV. Color television. We're old enough to remember <laughs> that. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's hard to imagine. I try to explain to my kids that we, had, when I was, we had televisions in our house that had no color, and that was a common thing because yeah. they were cheap. I remember an old <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where the uh, Calvin asked his dad a question about what color some historical event, and the dad said, "Well, we didn't invent color until the 1960s." So yes, yes, that's one of my all-time favorite Calvin and Hobbes. The idea that there just simply was no color. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we've we've delayed here enough, and we've covered the history of uh, our hero our, yes, in this story, uh, or I guess ultimately who becomes our hero. So let's dig in here, uh, Rick. How do you want to start? Well, I the clip I brought here is um, this is from the cartoon, and the Grinch has decided that he's had it with Christmas and all the celebrations by the Who's down in Whoville. And apparently it's been going on for 50 years, and he's just done with it. And as Dr. Seuss says in the book, 
The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Please don't ask why. No one knows the reason. I just think he was in a bad mood, Dave. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> so the Grinch decides to steal Christmas. And his disguise is the canny Santa Claus red coat and red hat that he made out of an old curtain in the back room of his cave and the stuffing from an old pillow. And I got to say, Dave, the Grinch is quite the seamstress. I mean, you know, he can sew That's some true. stuff. I would not have been able to do that. And he dressed his dog, Max, up as a reindeer by tying an old antler on his head. So as we play the clip, the Grinch is stealing Christmas from the first house in Hoosville. We're all dreaming sweet dreams without care. When he came to the first little house on the square. So the Grinch is hauling his bags and Max's. This is stop number one. The old Grinchy claws hissed as he climbed. I always felt bad for Max. Oh, yeah, Max. <laughs> Tough life. Who's not in the book. Oh, yeah, no, that's interesting. But if Santa could do it then, so could the Grinch. He got stuck only once for a minute or two. Then he stuck his head. That's the Grinch in the chimney being stuck in the chimney. And I absolutely would have happened to me. All in a row. These stockings he grinched are the first things to go. So there's the Grinch stealing the stockings off the chimney. And mm -hmm. slunk with a smile most unpleasant around the whole room. And he took every present. Pop guns, pampoonas, pantukas and drums, checkerboards, bisselbinks, popcorn and plums. And he stuffed them in bags. Then the Grinch, very nimbly, stuffed all the bags one by one up the chimbley. All the bags come floating on the roof. <laughs> then he drops them on Max in the snowbank. <laughs> Mr. Grinch, you really are a he. The great the Earl Ravencroft singing. Best song ever. Yeah. Deepest voice ever. Yeah. The Grinch is doing a pool ball with the Christmas tree balls. Fantastic shot, I might say. He gets all of them to roll right into the bag. <laughs> You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty brain is full of I think we can stop it there. <laughs> so what do you think, Dave? That, uh, did that make your heart grow three sizes today? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're, you're setting this up perfectly here because obviously, you know, the Grinch is a bad guy. But let, let me ask you this because mm -hmm. before I dug into all of this history of the Grinch and, and, and learned about his backstory, I wondered, and I think part of this comes from the uh, Jim Carrey movie, which uh, we're going to look at a clip uh, from in a second here. But I wondered if the Grinch was a who from Whoville in the same way that Gollum was a hobbit. Wow. Or everything went bad for Gollum. You know, like, so was yeah. the Grinch, had the Grinch started out a who, but he was so, so angry and so mad and so lonely up on the mountain by himself that that's how he became the Grinch. So he, you're, you're, the Dave theory on the Grinch is that some precipitating event caused him to grow taller than all the other who's. 
and to be very angry for 50 years. And something like uh, the ring from the Lord of the Rings caused this transformation. I love this theory. Okay? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't know about all those details, but uh, just basically him being, I mean, maybe he was ostracized for being tall. Who knows? But Who knows? Somehow he lived by himself. With, in this cartoon, he had Max, but he lived by himself. I, I just, yeah. I mean, otherwise, what is he? What is he's not like a yeti. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, no, that's he true. He does live in a mountain by himself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> up on the, the cold mountain. The movie with the uh, the movie we're gonna watch a clip for in a minute. They do try to explain all that, right? He was an ostracized who, right? Maybe when an adopted who or something, and he ended up yeah. up there by himself, right? But, um, hmm. But I like your theory better. Right, I think it matches better. <laughs> yeah. So I want to move on to a different uh, clip here uh, from the animated one with with Chuck Jones, and and what I want to do is sort of contrast this um, in the animated one and then the Jim Carrey live action movie one. All right, and but this hey, is where before you do that, you were talking mm -hmm. about Thurl Ravenscroft, right? I, yes. I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about how famous this guy is, right? Yeah. Best known, okay, probably for the Tony the Tiger voiceover and Frosted Flakes TV commercials, right? right? Yeah. They're it's great. Such, they're great, yeah. But he was also <laughs> used by uh, Disney in lots of uh, stuff. He was in 101 Dalmatians. He was the horse. He yep. was in Brave Little Toaster, which is one of our the Howard's favorites, and he was also yep. in the Aristocats. Okay, he was the Russian cat in 1970. But yeah. the the my favorite role for him, all right, is on the Disneyland's Haunted Mansion ride. He is the deep voice singing one of the bus in the graveyard yes. scene, right? Yes. So, and he, once yes. you hear his voice, you cannot unhear it. You hear him wherever he pops up in popular culture. I believe, and I'm not going to do it justice because I do not have the basso profundo that he has, <laughs> but I believe his line is, Grizzly ghost materialize. Oh, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, very good. Almost yeah. as good as my Marvin the Martian. Uh, <laughs> yes, my voice, he, he has a good octave on me down in the lower <laughs> register. It must have been... You talk, you talk, you know, those old voiceover guys like that, and they all say it was like, you know, cigarettes, cigars, and, and whiskey. And whiskey, yeah. Got their voices <laughs> all that low from way back when. Um, also worth noting, uh, the other famous voiceover person in this is June Foray, who, of oh, course, yeah. uh, she she's the voice of Cindy Lou Who, mm -hmm. and uh, probably best known as uh, Rocket Squirrel in Rocky and Bullwinkle. But, yeah. I mean... Her voice was all over everything back then as well. She's yeah. probably, I mean, certainly in the top five uh, sure. voiceover artists of that era. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. So real, real Hollywood um, royalty in this one little uh, 1966 animated cartoon. Yeah. So I want to jump into this next clip, and this is where Cindy Lou Who confronts the Grinch. Mm -hmm. She wakes, she hears him banging around in the living room, and she wakes up and comes out to see him. and. The Grinch just switches into social engineering mode yes. <laughs> <laughs> and is as smooth as butter with her. So let's right. check this out. We see Cindy Lou waking the up. The Grinch took the tree. As he started to shove, he, he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove. He turned around fast and he saw a small who. Little Cindy Lou who, who was no more than two. 
She stared at the Grinch and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? He's adorable. But you know, that old Grinch was so smart and so slick. He thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. Hi, my sweet little tot, the fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on this tree that, that won't light on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. And his fib fooled the child. Then he patted her head and he got her a drink and he sent her to bed. And when Cindy Lou Who was in bed with her cup, he crept to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. Then he went up the chimney. <laughs> okay, it, you have to say, you have to make a point here about the animation from Chuck Jones, right? Yeah. That is yeah. an, that face that he puts on when he's panicked that he doesn't have an answer for Cindy Lou Who, and then he comes up with a lie, and his whole face transforms to evil. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I think this is one of Chuck Jones's masterpieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. And and it's so Chuck Jones. What, what's amazing yeah. to me is how uh, it it is, it's still Dr. Seuss. Like, you look at the characters and you know that's where they came from. But at the same time, those little flourishes are... So signature Chuck Jones so, and the so way Chuck the, Jones, yeah. the backgrounds are drawn. I'm mm-hmm. just amazing. Um, I, I just quickly talking about some of the history here. I in the research I read that um, this special had four times the budget of the Charlie Brown Christmas wow special because the Charlie Brown Christmas special was an unexpected hit, and so that made it easier for the people who followed to get more money to make their animated Christmas specials because now the networks saw dollar signs. Wow. I did not yeah. know that, right? <laughs> I, and I will tell you that uh, because I'm a collector of nerd stuff, uh, we have, the Howards have, uh, an original cell of Bugs Bunny, okay, oh. signed by Chuck Jones. He made... Uh, and what's interesting about that is an original cell from the cartoon, meaning, you know, they had to make up a bunch of cells to make the animation go, right? And they right. sold them in art um, galleries uh, later in Chuck Jones' life. So I have one of them. So yeah. And nobody likes it except for me because it's nothing special. doesn't even look that fantastic. <laughs> but I know that Chuck Jones signed it. <laughs> wow, that's cool. I have a book uh, called Chuck Amuck, which is uh, Chuck Jones's book that he wrote. Hmm. Uh, and it's sort of a memoir and and autobiography. Uh, highly recommended if you're a Chuck Jones fan. One hmm. of the things that, that's in that book that you'll see reprinted quite often are kind of the rules of the road for the Coyote and the Roadrunner. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. They they had a very specific set of rules for what they could and could not do, mm-hmm. and uh, that comes straight out of that book. All right, let's look at uh, the same clip. Same but scene. This is from same yeah. scene. Yes, thank yeah. you. Same scene. From the animated or the uh, live action version starring Jim Carrey. Now, Rick, have you seen this version? What, of, what do you mean? What do you think of it? I we I love Jim Carrey in this. Right, uh, mm-hmm. I, it's one of the you know you have movie lines that you just throw out to your family members. Many of them uh, come from this movie, and the one I think is most we mostly throw at each other is. 
I can't miss that one again. When I go to dinner with myself and uh, five o'clock, I need to stare into the abyss. Okay, so those are our... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's interesting about this and how it affects how they play out this scene is that in this film, the townspeople know about the Grinch Mm -hmm. ahead of time. And so part of what Jim Carrey's character, what Jim Carrey's Grinch does in this scene is hides himself from Cindy Lou Who behind the tree so that she can't see that it's him, the Grinch, mm-hmm. uh, which is just an interesting contrast. So let's, here's the clip. And the Grinch grabbed the tree and he started to shove when he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove. Excuse me. The Grinch had been caught by this tiny Who daughter who got out of bed for a cup of cold water. Santa Claus, what are you doing with our tree? But you know, that old Grinch was so smart and so slick. He thought up a lie, and he thought it up quick. <laughs> my sweet little dot. The fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on this tree that won't blink on one side. So I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. (laughs) I'll fix it up there, and I'll bring it back here. Santa, what's Christmas really about? Vengeance! (laughs) Er, I mean... (laughs) Presents, I suppose. I was afraid of that. And his fib fooled the child. Then he patted her head and he got her a drink and he sent her to bed. Santa? What? Don't forget the Grinch. I know he's mean and hairy and smelly. His hands might be cold and clammy. But I think he's actually kind of sweet. Sweet! You don't think he's sweet? Merry Christmas, Santa. So, fleshed out here, right? I mean, there's a lot more... Yeah. A lot more detail. Uh, I like, I appreciate what you said at the beginning. He's hiding himself behind the Christmas tree, acting yeah. like Santa Claus, because um, Cindy Lou, who does know who the Grinch is. All right. right. So that's a detail that's very interesting. Um, and I love that he is broken by her when she says that he is sweet and he was not expecting that. Right. So, no, no. <laughs> Um, but still, it, 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 his social engineering skills gets him out the door with the Christmas tree. All right, let's <laughs> let's bring it back to hacking humans. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yes, the Grinch, despite his uh, drawing attention to himself with his appearance, his guile gets him what he wants. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> yeah, I you know I have to say that um, for me, probably the. Uh, the old animated version is number one in our house. We, we probably watch that every year. Mm-hmm. And then the book is probably second. And then the Jim Carrey movie. 
I think the Jim Carrey movie is is very good and worth watching just for nothing else, Jim Carrey's performance, which is amazing. That, you know, the, he, hmm. he's un, unworldly. His ability to transform himself and, and uh, the plasticity in his face is just un, unreal. That's how the Howards would rate it, too. The cartoon definitely played every year while we're putting the Christmas tree up, right? And we may get around to the movie version only because it's uh, Mr. Carey, because he is so good in that. Everything else is, it's okay. It's fun, you know, but yeah. you know, it's when he's on the screen, you know, mugging it up, it is really funny and uh, uh, a true master in his craft. I think it's one of those films for us where if we happen upon it when it's on mm -hmm. and it, the season is right, then we may leave it on, but we probably don't really go searching it out yeah. quite often. Let's watch I the Jim Carrey Grinch tonight. Yeah, no, we don't yeah. do that. But if it's no, on, no. we might watch it, yeah. I was surprised how far back this film goes. This movie was from 2000. Wow, is was, that right? It yeah, doesn't 23 seem right. years. It just, Man. Of course, directed by the great Ron Howard. Yeah. Uh, and he even makes fun of Ron Howard in the movie, right? So it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we have uh, done what we can here of uh, entertaining ourselves, <laughs> and hopefully our audience uh, will find this entertaining as well. Like, Dave, uh, you know, some of these shows we do for us, and some we do for the audience, and uh, I think we did this one for us. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, well, Merry Christmas to you, Rick, and to the entire uh, Howard family. Merry Christmas to you, sir. This is so much fun. And thanks for being my partner on these shows, and especially for this Christmas show. It's so much fun to do. No, it, it really is. And uh, folks, if this is a show that you enjoy listening to, please let us know. You can email us. It's hackinghumans at n2k.com. Uh, it really helps us know what sorts of things you're interested in. It helps us um, make the case with some of the folks who sponsor these types of shows, that people are out there and listening to them and that they enjoy them. So uh, let us know one way or another. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody out there. And we will see you all in the new year. On behalf of my co-host Rick Howard and everyone here at N2K, a quick note that our senior producer is Jennifer Iben. This show is edited by Elliot Peltzman. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie. I'm Dave Bittner. And I'm Rick Howard. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.